Welcome to this week's Grooming on the Spectrum podcast. We are your hosts, Meg and Stephanie. We are here to discuss how we can better understand the brains we are given. So thank you for joining us on the journey, and a big thank you to our sponsors, Elevation Media Management, the Meditative Groomer Academy, and Positive Approach Coaching. We are happy you are here. Today we will be talking about handling external criticism. This will range from where this criticism can come from to how we handle it differently, being on the spectrum, being neurodiverse, to some helpful tips and exercises to help us uh, handle that criticism better. I do also want to put in a little disclaimer. This is our very first full-length episode. We are still learning. I am still learning editing. We are still learning um about giving podcasts and all of that stuff. So for everyone who's here, thank you so much for being here at the beginning. This is incredible. Anyways, let's get into handling external criticism. (laughs) You're in for a treat. Okay, enjoy. Hey, Stephanie. So we're going to be talking about handling external criticism today. Uh, How do you feel about that? I feel criticized. Oh. Um. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I feel great about that. We have been, uh, that's been on my mind a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's something, you know, I have to deal with on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. So super so. relevant, lots of relevant <laughs> experience. Yeah. Uh, great. So before we launch into some stories and some examples there, um, let's talk about what criticism is by definition. Um So yeah, so criticism is the construction of a judgment about the negative qualities of someone or something. Uh, It can literally be anything from an impromptu comment, just a stranger saying something, you know, at the grocery store to you, all the way to a written detailed (coughs) response, um, like perhaps an evaluation. Uh, So yeah, uh, where can criticism come from? Uh, External criticism specifically. So uh, there's quite a few different things. Um, friends Mm -hmm. um and you know there is a healthy level of criticism that can come from friends in a good way right constructive criticism and all these people that we're going to talk about but um friends can definitely be very critical of us right uh, especially our blunt friends especially our artistic (laughs) friends who have no filters right right (laughs) um Significant others. Yes, absolutely. Um, That one, parents hits me hard, personally. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Bosses, clients, and strangers. Uh, Some different examples probably would be helpful. Okay. Lay (laughs) them on me. Uh, So... I actually don't have a good example for friends right now. That's uh, okay. No worries. Significant others. Um, me and John uh, have had a very, it's always like our entire time that we've been together. It's always been difficult for us to communicate. Yeah. I communicate uh, like a lot about my feelings. Like right. I overshare all of <laughs> um, Yeah. and he is very much one of those I'm going to keep my feelings close to my chest Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to talk about them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we have had 
sometimes where we've butted heads on things right because he sees it as constructive criticism and then i perceive it as a hurtful personal attack a personal yeah attack. like yeah, yeah a yeah. personal attack and yeah. i get frustrated especially in the moment I, I have a hard time um like regulating regulating my emotions so i get that initial feeling of like oh i can't believe you would say that right you right. know exactly and like later like i can think about it and like figure like get like work my way through like it rationally but, think about but it but i yeah. definitely there are times especially when we were first getting together where i would immediately react which yeah. we'll talk about later but um yes. I would oh, like just immediately react to like, it, like and then I'm in like, your "Oh, feelings before <laughs> even really processing it." Yeah, and then he would take that as a personal. Like we'd end up in an argument over it. Um, but now we've kind of figured out where um, he also will like tell me, "Like, are you in the right headspace for this?" Yeah. Um, and then I will uh, also just. I'll tell him like I need to feel my emotions right now. Right. I'm gonna right. excuse myself and then minute. Yeah. I'll come back and talk to you about it rationally in a minute. You know? Right. Uh, which can be very difficult. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to do that much, uh, do better about that kind of stuff. Well, good. Uh, good. So, yeah. Uh, That's a that great was example. A bit of a tangent. <laughs> oh no 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 um not to steal somebody's line but we do digress with that will happen um a little shameless plug to the traveling groomers podcast right there yeah um but yeah no that's a great a absolute great thing i do have issues with um seeing criticism as a personal attack um so yeah and so does joe yeah. I think I am approaching it rationally with just like, hey, here's some constructive criticism, how this can work better. We both have to work on it. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes practice. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of awkward moments and a lot of feeling like, being like a willing freaking to robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a robot so often when I'm trying Aww. to like do these things. And I'm like, no, just gotta, I got like really lean into that robot feeling right right <laughs> uh so other examples um i got completely, a lot of i was gonna say completely up to you on how far you want to go on the next one yeah uh i will talk about it in more detail, i'm sure at some point i'm very yeah. open about uh my parents um yeah. mostly on my mother's side uh I am no con for contacts. I've been no contact with my mother for two and a half years. Right. Um, it's not all her fault. She was 17 when she had me. So I, uh, we yeah. grew up together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well raising my sister. So it was Aww. a whole, whole um, thing, but uh, you know, the criticism from the parents is difficult. Um, and I, I get a lot of it. I got a lot of it as a kid. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot of my like, unmasking has been reprocessing a lot of those feelings. So right. I'm sure I'll talk about a lot more of that in the future. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and But I even, you know, my dad's criticism, you know, I have a really good relationship with my dad right. as an adult. And we 
he will give me criticism that's constructive criticism but again i take that as a personal attack especially because i look up to my father so much Uh, because yeah he's he's literally just a man version of me um like emotionally person everything so to feel like that you've like disappointed (laughs) even though that might not actually be what it is he's just you know but it feels like yeah yeah. I had a really hard time when I I had bought the house from him. Um, oh. He had lived there for 15 years and yeah. raised my stepbrother and sister there. Aww. So, like, he had a lot of memories and he's right. a very sentimental dude. Right. Just like me. Um, but I did a lot of things to change the house to be more me, which right. is fine. And he agreed. It was fine. Yeah. He had a really hard time going into the house and he would point at like point out every little thing oh um, and he didn't do it on purpose and so he just yeah. he honestly just stopped coming to my house oh oh <laughs> which is fine <laughs> we went to his house his house was fine so yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh i i get the parents you'll hear about all my parents oh yeah <laughs> we'll talk about all our mommy and daddy issues and <laughs> we'll touch on everything um yes. Any examples about bosses? Um, I definitely could say, so uh, my last boss, love her, by the way. Uh, but, you know, we had, especially when I f- first started working for her, mm-hmm. um, we're very, we have, our brains work very, di- we're both neurodivergent, but in very different ways. Right. Um, we had a lot of communication issues throughout you know for a lot of time for you know and it was it was just like you know she would give me constructive criticism and I would take that very personally because it's like this is my passion right and it's like it hurts and like it's not that I don't want to take that constructive criticism because she was right you know pretty much every time (laughs) yeah but and and like I eventually did take a lot of that constructive criticism, but I did. There was a lot of times where I I, I would feel hurt because it was my passion, and she was you know right like right exactly. shitting on it in my perspective, and yeah. really she was just telling me how to be better, right, and helping me. Um, it took like a reframe. <laughs> so I just yeah, I finally reframed it, and then I was like, oh, everything makes way more sense. It, yeah like she's not just trying to hate on me yeah she actually really likes me Mm -hmm. um so but yeah like i'm i'm very grateful that she stuck it out because i was also the the whole time i was working for her i was dealing with chronic pain on top of going through this journey of um like learning about my neurodivergency Uh, and trying to like to make my life comfortable for myself you know and uh so she she went through a really big growth period with me as well Um, and she put up with a lot of shit and (laughs) so applause uh, applause all around for her because she's awesome (laughs) i'm gonna make sure the mic picks it up Pop, 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 pop. Or I could edit in applause too. I just yes. realized that. I really need a soundboard. <laughs> yes. Um, so clients, I want to say something about that. Uh, because I definitely absolutely take that as a personal attack on my own artistry. 
Um, especially if it's something that was specifically requested and then afterwards they're like, yeah, I don't like that. I'm like, well, you told me. I told you. <laughs> you told me. I told you. Like, but yeah, no. So that's absolutely something that we as groomers have to deal with is um, like it's another facet because some jobs you never have to worry about even being customer facing, but we definitely like, and we're dealing with uh, people's babies, like mm -hmm. um, her babies, you know? Um, so sometimes that can be like, like, you know, I'm just going to say it. We can cut it if you don't like it, but I'm going to say, talk about doodles and how um, <laughs> like when we <laughs> shave their pelleted doodle and then you're screaming and crying because we've ruined your dog and broken your children's hearts. And that's some very unfounded criticism, but it's really hard to not take that to heart and not like immediately yeah. get defensive and feel reactive towards that. Um, and especially uh, I think that's especially true with neurodivergent people. We yeah. feel things, people think that autistic people don't have feelings that like, right. like we don't feel empathy and stuff like that, but right. we actually feel things so hard, so like, hard, so hard. Yeah. And so like, you know, every single one of my clients, they are, they are my dogs as much as they are their yeah. owners. Like yeah. I love these dogs. And for someone to tell me that I didn't, uh, the worst is like the haircut. I can usually be like a oh, difference of style opinions yeah. and that's yeah. fine. But like the worst ones are when they, they like, when they start to like act like I'm being like abusive towards their, because the dog, dog is shaking at drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like excited to see toy. mom at pickup. Like, of course your dog is excited to see you. Yeah. Um, or like even, you know, there was one time I had done this dog before. It's a mm -hmm. little Australian Shepherd that we did a puppy cut on. Uh, <laughs> don't shoot me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> grinning and bearing it right now. <laughs> um, and I love this dog. He's the sweetest dog ever. I fucking loved him. And uh, his haircut was actually pretty easy. Like, yeah. he had the, yeah. the best hair. Um, it helped that we also charged them for the D-shed. So oh, we de-shed the dog yep. and then yep. clipped it. Well, yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, so it was this dog, and I love this dog, but one day it was in January and it snowed. It would had, We had had a big blizzard the night before, and so the roads had been like a hot, and, you know, nobody ever shovels their freaking driveways. Right. So, right. like, everything is just a hot mess. Yes. And it was a well, rough day. And it, then it had started snowing again. Ugh. And I get there. I was, you know, late because of all of the snow. Right. And I get there. And I was just not in the normal, my normal frame of mind right. of, like, loving on that pet, like, when I first got there. Right. Um, like, once I got in, got him, I got into the van. You get and your I, zone and, yeah. I took a deep breath and, like, grounded myself and I felt better. And it was, like, we, we had a good time in the van. Right. But mom didn't see that part. She just saw me when I came up and I oh, was, like you an, know. Probably a little abrupt. Had, and... Yeah, it was very abrupt. I was almost nonverbal at that point because I had been just so overstimulated. The snow... Yeah. I love snow, but when it's actively snowing and all of the snow is hitting me, that yeah. drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, 
And then on top of that, my shoes are wet and my socks yep. are wet and I don't like and it's wet blinding. Clothes. If the sun is out, it's blinding. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, I was overstimulated and just like, I knew I was overstimulated and I was like, I just need to get the dog and, <laughs> and get in the van and then I'm going to take a deep breath. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And it was great. But mom didn't see that part. Right. And all they saw was me being abrupt and, and yeah. short with her. Yeah. And so she actually called and requested that I uh never come back because it doesn't <gasps> even seem like I even liked dogs. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> I was yeah. I was like when I found out about it, I was just like devastated. Yeah. Like I I bawled. <laughs> because like I I'm like I don't understand I, like I love her dog like right right <laughs> I'm like I I made this this Christmas present special uh, for him I'm like I don't understand you know right um, and so yeah it was uh it was rough but then a few months later mom actually gave me a second chance and Aww. um <clears throat> I was in a much better headspace at that yeah. moment yeah and then <clears throat> also when i pulled up and i went to go we had to go to the door in her garage a uh, freaking like injured bird was in her garage <gasps> <laughs> and i had to like try to catch it uh -huh. <laughs> so that probably helped her feel like i loved animals uh. <laughs> <laughs> right she didn't think i did for a minute there but right um, i'm glad yeah, it was a second chance yeah, but yeah, and you know, I understand like sometimes that can be like that, but like right. <laughs> like I didn't even realize I was that bad. I right. thought I had, you know, handled it fine just to get into the van and the, you know, exactly. I didn't have to ask her a whole bunch of questions. Right. You know? So there's, there's no need for a <laughs> we whole We had done it a bunch of times before. He had like a normal thing that he got every single time. Right. right. So all I really had to do was like, do you want anything different? Do you, you know, um, is there any, you know, changes in his health or behavior? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to go now. Like, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, there's nothing, you know, um, and I was just especially abrupt, which yeah. is when people have seen me before, definitely they see a huge difference. Yeah. Because when I get into that overstimulated, like where I'm just like really short and almost like nonverbal, I <clears throat> do it's like the complete opposite of my normal right. when I'm with a client. And right. I'm aware of that. Unfortunately, sometimes people have just, bad fucking yeah. days. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and it's not like I'm going to let that bad day, you know, affect my dog. I went into right. the van and I grounded myself and yep. calmed myself down before I started. Like, <laughs> Yep. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Also... Um, I just have to say for anyone who's watching on YouTube, I don't find this boring. I have just been up for like over 14 hours now. So struggling. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Um, and I've got gin, so I'll talk all night. <laughs> oh, there you go. Great. Perfect. Um, you know, I threw strangers on the list, but I really haven't. I don't really have any experience with that. Like, I don't really have much experience with people talking to me who don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I, I just give off a very, like, don't fucking talk to me vibe. Yeah, I get talked to all the time by random yeah. strangers. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like, 
I, d- I don't have enough of a resting bitch face or something. Cause right, you got a mean I, mug it. I don't know what it is about, like, little old ladies love to talk to me. <laughs> like, anytime I, I, like, at the grocery store, or the gas station, Aww. little old ladies always love to talk to me. Um, I don't get a ton of criticism from people. I do, every once in a while, I run into the Karen that, you know, tells me what a terrible person I am for having my hair locked Oh my god! Um, yeah, and I would like to also say those are always white women. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> I would expect no less. Um, and uh, I get a lot of comments. Usually, they're good about my tattoos, but every once in a while, I get the cranky old dude that goes, "What are those going to look like when you're my age?" And I'm like, "I don't fucking care." <laughs> They look good now. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm gonna look better than you. <laughs> At least they'll have pretty colors. <laughs> um, I so I also am still trying to figure out what we do want to say or not say here because I wanted to call him a wrinkly ball sack of a man. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening and not watching on YouTube, Stephanie just snorted her drink a little bit. I think. Um, because mm-hmm. I expect that's what Dr. He- Pepper all the way up my nose. Oh, Angie, Angie, we got Dr. Pepper on the scene here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. So um, I guess let us know if you are fine. You know, what? I don't care. It's our podcast. So I bet he looked like a wrinkly ball sack of a man. Then he did. <laughs> okay, like I'll look better than you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? That actually calls to mind some other old white man. Um, not that that matters, but I feel like <laughs> those are the ones that feel like they got to be so damn opinionated on everything. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not trying to alienate any one category of people at all, but uh, the, that reminded me of something. It was, I don't know, a couple years ago, at least I was in Florida. I was doing house call grooming and I was at like, um, there was like one of the cities there have like a downtown event every Friday, uh, first Friday of the month or something like that. Um, so I had gotten a booth, which I fast learned that getting booths at these things for grooming is just, it's not very, you got to have something to sell or people are just not stopping. Um, but anyways, so it wasn't very productive. I was just kind of chilling there. Um, I was with a friend, fortunately, but some guy is carrying this little dog and he walks up to me. I mean, he's not even at me. He's kind of like mid street. Like if you imagine normal street booths on either side and he's like, oh, where'd you get your hair done? At the time, I had all of this shaved completely naked, and I had, like, this top knot. I called it my top knot because I put it in a bun, and it was maybe, I don't know, when I wore it down and hung out to my shoulders, it was long. I could split it and make it look like a full head of hair because my hair is so thick. Um, But anyways, I don't remember how I was wearing it. I don't know if it was up or if it was just hanging over. But I said, I immediately rattled off my hairdresser's name because she was in the same town. I was like, oh, she's right over there. Um... Like, as I was happy, I was like, oh, this old man is, like, wanting to know where I got my hair done. He's like, good, now I know where not to go. I was like, bitch. <laughs> like, what sort of backhand, like, what possesses you? <coughs> what possesses you to think that that's okay to say to a perfect stranger? I don't understand that at all. Um, yeah. The things people will say to strangers is just insane to me. And I'm like, 
<laughs> what if your daughter, like your granddaughter, like, are you going to like, maybe you got a, some joking relationship so you can do that, but not you and me, sir. Not you and me. <laughs> um, but anyways, are we good on examples there? I think we are. All right. Um, we so, just spent 25 minutes on it. It's we fine. did. We're doing great. <laughs> We're doing great. Um, for reference, we allocated like 15 minutes per section, but it's okay if we go over. We're going to cut some. It'll be fine. Um, so anyways. And so if you yeah. don't like it, tough titties. Tough titties. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to well, be one That's going to be a shirt idea now. Please, tough titties. Yeah. I'm going to put that on my envelope. Also, fair Oh, my God. <laughs> fair warning to everybody. Yes, we are going to be that kind of podcast. Do not let your children listen to us. Don't put us on speaker unless everybody is cool with cursing and vulgarities like tough titties and old wrinkly ball sacks of men. Um, if, if you anyways, want a PG-13, go to Sesame Street. I was gonna say, it's, it's not us. It's not us. It's not us. Um, we have been masking long enough. We're not doing it here. We're, we're coming out. We're coming out. Loud and proud. Here we go. Coming out. So you better get this party started. I'm coming up. I'm coming. Okay. Um, and now for a message from one of our sponsors. Do you want to start a grooming business but don't know where to start? Or is your business struggling and in need of a facelift but you don't know how to fix it? Enter Amanda with Positive Approach Coaching. She can either help you build your business from scratch or help you transform your current business through one-on-one -on -one coaching. Whatever your goals, she is there to support you along the way. Reach out to her today by messaging Positive Approach Coaching on Facebook. Please note, positive is spelled P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E. And we're back. <laughs> so, Hello. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Welcome. Long time to see. Um, this is fine. This can, I don't even care. The shenanigans are fun. Um, I agree. As long as we stay on, like, as long as we keep it moving, like, we're set. But we have a lot more words now. So. Okay. More words. Okay. Yeah, a lot of so words. So we talked about what criticism, what criticism is, where we get criticism, um, the external, we'll talk about internal another episode, um, you know, different examples, stories. So let's talk about how being neurodivergent affects us handling that criticism. Um, so a sensitivity to criticism can lead someone to be negatively impacted by any criticism, even when that criticism is meant to be constructed or constructive and intended to be helpful. Uh, when we are sensitive to criticism or hype, even hypersensitive to criticism, um, it can sting in any situation, whether we even believe the truth in the comments or n whether we know if the comments are false. Um, most people, maybe not, I don't know, there might be more neurodiverse and neurotypical, but a lot of people are able to consider and integrate helpful criticism and experience no lasting effect from it. Let's just like dream about how nice that would be. <sighs> okay um anyways uh so a way to tell like if you're experiencing anxiety depression anger shame 
and or extreme defensiveness when faced with criticism, that may indicate you have a high level of sensitivity when it comes to criticism. And I just need to mark that I am all of the above. Yes. Like if this were a test, I would have just X through all of them. Yes. Um, so a lot of us on the spectrum uh, have, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say uh, it's often referred to as reject- rejection sensitive dysphoria. Yes. And we will definitely absolutely talk, be talking more about that in another episode. Um, I didn't even think about that. Good call. Uh, so a lot of us on the spectrum have this extreme hypersensitivity to criticism. We can internalize this which negatively impacts our self-esteem and can have us thinking about it for years or even decades. Um, So a lot of this does start at childhood. Um, This hypersensitivity criticism can also be found alongside perfectionism, obsessive compulsive behaviors, and with anxiety and related conditions. Um. I've been, I'm told that I'm OCD, but I don't think I clinically am. Um, anyways. You know, OCD tendencies. There we go. OCD I tendencies. I think would be the proper team term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to numbers. Like what volume things have to be on. Stuff yeah. like that. Um, anyways, uh, would you like to tell us about some potential causes of this extreme hypersensitivity as a child? Yes. Um, yes, I see it. Thank you for highlighting it. You're welcome. That's why I was like, wait, 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 I'll highlight it real quick. <laughs> um, so potential causes for this extreme hypersensitivity as a child, um, being correctly corrected frequently. Um, being bullied by tears, peers. It's okay. It's a day. It's a day. <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah. Uh, constant negative feedback from parents and teachers. Yes. Being dismissed and excluded and feeling like you never get it right. Beautiful. Well, not, but that's pretty on point. Also, I don't know if it's, later in the thing but um it'll also cause you a lot of these things will cause you to have um uh executive dysfunction because you're paralyzed by yes so uh yeah all of this all of these factors can lead into us perceiving criticism where there is none i know that sounds kind of crazy but like literally like you can be so conditioned to this and it can be so internalized that even positive feedback can be interpreted as negative because we are we experience like we perceive all of our experiences through the filter of all of our past experiences Mm -hmm. so if something has proven to always be a problem like you've experienced all of this criticism like excessive criticism as a child then you might be, I don't know, you might notice a change in tone of voice that the other person swears isn't actually there. Mm -hmm. But you're hypersensitive to the little things of when someone might be in a bad mood and might be wanting to criticize. Yeah. Um, I, um, I also will have to say I was in an abusive relationship in my early 20s. Um, 
And so I have some issues from that too. Right. Um, but I have a, when I'm very hypersensitive to John. So, um, he will just be, you know, vibing and just, yeah, you know, off, you know, he's driving or whatever and just, you know, concentrating on driving, not really thinking about anything. Right. But like, he'll do just the slightest like tilt of his head. And I'm like, did you have something to say? <laughs> and <laughs> yes, I, I'm we... so like, I'm so like anxious about it when I'm like starting to perceive this change right. that like, I immediately start like, I'm going to, I need to do something to fix it. Exactly. And so it goes into that people pleasing of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. Like, what do you need? What do you need? Like, yeah. What's wrong? Like, what did I do? What did I say? Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, are you sure? And then they get upset because you keep have to ask like seven times. Are you sure yeah. you're okay? Because like, that's <laughs> not normal. Like you don't know. Like if someone is constantly messaging me with smileys and like, obviously have a very normal cadence of texting and then they want to send me just the letter K Oh, yeah. I'm literally never okay with that, guys. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to automatically think you're pissed at me. So if you could at least spell out the word, please. I do the rainbow. The rainbow. The rainbow's great. Rainbows make me smile, yeah. clearly. Hence why everything's rainbow. We have our, our messenger chat set to a pride theme. So, yes. so instead of the thumbs up, we can do the, the, the pride, pride flag. flag. And <laughs> as you message... It, your message boxes scroll through the colors of the rainbow. It's very pretty. I have most everybody switch to that theme. So nice. Because <laughs> um, I like it. Um, but anyways, so the impacts of this extreme hypersensitivity leads to us saying or thinking things like, for example, it's my fault. I screwed up. I'm always wrong. And then it's a minefield figuring out how to avoid criticism. Yeah. Um, so I always have this where, uh, like if, uh, when John leaves work, we always talk to each other on the phone. Yeah. And if he doesn't, if he's had like a rough day and he's just like tired, he'll be, you know, less like vocal and just be like, Hey, right. I'm on my way home. How are you? And, like, he just kind of, like, he turns, he kind of robotically goes into it just because uh, he's tired, you know? Right, and right. I sense that. And mm -hmm. I'm just, like, immediately it triggers this, I did something wrong and right. I am going to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm gonna usually piss that off. was, like, I'm gonna. That, usually with that, that was a sign that my ex was upset and was on his way home. and Ah, uh. Okay, and then you knew, like, you'd be eggshells kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. We got a lot Sorry, of Sorry, that stuff got to deep. Talk about. No, we got a lot of deep, <laughs> dark stuff to talk about. Um, so if y'all are here at the beginning, you're going you're gonna to get it all. Um, well, but to lighten the mood, <laughs> now for a message from one of our sponsors. Do you find yourself with no time to build your social media presence? Or maybe you are just bamboozled by the constantly changing platforms. Elevation Media Management is your answer. 
They offer cohesive branded marketing on Facebook and Instagram by designing custom templates and posting your branded content in accordance to a social media plan tailored to your business. They also create logos, business cards, flyers, brochures, and more. See more information at www.elevationmediamgmt.com. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about, uh, like, when we have this hyper hypersensitivity, this extreme hypersensitivity to criticism, one of the big, big things that brings us is a metric fuck ton of stress. Um, so, so do you want? So, let's get some like definitions out there. Get some kind of knowledge out there. Uh, do you want to talk about different forms of stress or stress responses? And I'll take the other. I'll do the stress responses. Okay, cool. Then let's talk about the first kind or the first we'll talk about the kinds of stress because um, there's a couple. So you don't really hear you just say, oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressing. But there's actually like significant differences here. Um, so first you have eustress. And I'm realizing I don't know how to say that. You stress, you stress, you stress, you stress. I'm gonna say you stress. Someone can correct me. Ostress. 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 I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I just it thought is... of Eau Claire. You know, oh, spelled like that. Well, know. it is spelled E U S T R E S S. So this is the most common form of stress. Um, it is very short-lived changes in the stress hormone levels in the body. For example, taking a test, arguing with someone, having to get up and speak in front of somebody. However, key note here, this is provided you don't also have like generalized anxiety disorder because that kind of stress, like taking a test or getting up and talking in front of somebody is not short-lived stress. Um. I'm not sure if there's anything that does give me short-lived stress because of my anxiety. I think there's so much buildup. But anyways. You're just always stressed? I'm just always <laughs> stressy. There's like, if, less if, stress and more stress. <laughs> exactly. Um, if be, if um, I would literally be like a cover model if stressing burned calories. <laughs> Instead, it just makes me chronically ill and irritable, which we'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Um, so then we also have, we have distress. We know that one, right? Distress. We're distressed. Uh, you have acute stress and chronic stress. Your acute stress is short term, um, not as short lived as like the eustress or ostress or whomever. Um, but this would be like loss of a friend or a breakup of a relationship um, where, you know, it affects you a little longer but also that kind of short-term acute stress, if not managed properly, it can actually lead to negative brain changes. And like I said, we experience life through the filter of all of our past experiences. Um, so like if you've been in seven relationships and every single one of them ended shittily, you're probably going to go into the next one with a negative attitude. I mean, mm -hmm. it's what you know. It's what you've experienced. It's what you've come to expect. Um, and then we also have, so the chronic stress is also known as toxic stress. Cue Britney Spears playing in my head. Uh, so this is toxic. Um, 
anyways uh yeah we like to communicate in song lyrics um yeah i feel like i feel like i might cut this part one second i just gotta say this i might leave it in because it's funny because that's what they do but um i literally feel like at some point i'm going to say rar and i just need to let you know (laughs) that like i'm getting that vibe right now i'm just like (laughs) anyway um i don't want to laugh about stress but it's just this is interesting it's a new experience sometimes you just need to well and laughing laughing releases endorphins and at the moment that's the only way i'm getting serotonin or dopamine i still i i'm gonna figure out i know the difference but i always forget it but i know i've looked it up several times we'll talk about that for sure and other different hormones in the body because a lot of so much rides on hormones and whether your levels are uh you know adequate or not so anyways Chronic stress or toxic stress is the most long-lasting and damaging form of stress. Um, So this can be caused by things, uh, not a fully inclusive list, could be other things, but things like physical or emotional abuse, bullying, neglect, or addiction, uh, which these can lead to lifelong physical and mental health issues because this stress actually changes the way the brain communicates with itself and the rest of the body. Um, so this sort of stress can permanently change you, which is scary to think about. Um, a boat. yes, a boat. yes. So let's go. We know, we know our four. I, mean, oh, I would like to point out that in some yes. cases that it will change you so much that you no longer exist. So let's, let's keep an eye on our stress levels, guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Absolutely. I, and yes. If, if you ever need someone to talk to, you're, we're, we're here. here. We're here. <laughs> we will literally pull, send you a link to one of these things and we can all talk on camera or we can just audio talk to like, that's fine. Whatever, Whatever you need to do. I'll give you a super cool Text rainbow background too. Like it'll yes. be great. It'll be great. <laughs> Except actually, I think you'll have to find it yourself and download it because I think that's how we did it. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We would figure that out for sure. Um, So yeah, so I just want to say before you launch into stress responses that it was really only until very recently that I knew there was more than two. Like for me, it was always told fight or flight. It was fight or flight and there wasn't anything else. So this was really enlightening for me to research. So if you want to go ahead and go into those, that would be fabulous. All right. So um i'm going to talk about stress responses and i will have a story to go along with this um at the end don't let me forget okay um i'm gonna start uh so there are four four there are four flight response or four stress responses um the first one is flight So flight types protect themselves from threat through escape. Um, Those that engage in this trauma response cope with the threat by running from or fleeing the situation. People engaging in a flight response often report difficulties with relaxation and sitting still as they are constantly worrying, rushing, hiding, or panicking when they feel threatened. Um, The thought behind the response is... I need to run from the situation before it can hurt me. 
um, behaviors from that that um, might indicate this trauma response are restless legs, um, feet, <clears throat> restless legs, feet, and numbness in the legs, and uh, anxiety and shallow breathing, um, big darting eyes, uh, leg and foot movement, and uh, reported or observed fidgetiness, restlessness, or feeling trapped. Um, I'm going to tell you the story now, actually. Okay. So I read, I got into a deep dive on this uh, Google Scholar scientific paper that I found, um, because there is a theory out there that they are in the process of researching, and there yes. are, is promising evidence in support of it, but it's still a theory. Um, <laughs> is that neurodivergent people are, um, they basically evolve differently. Right. Um, and so their genes are, are more closely related to, um, the Neanderthals or, you know, the hunter gatherer types of, of brains. Right. Where, um, the people who are, the neuro majority or neurotypicals, whatever word you like to use. Right. Um, they uh, are more uh, on, they have more brains of the farmer herding kind of right. thing. Um, and they actually are equating this in as far as like looking back in history, um, their hunting style from back then and for the two different types of brains um, and they're comparing it to, cause we don't have a hunting style anymore cause we don't right. hunt. Right. But we, we have used our hunting styles and switched it into sports. Yeah. yeah. So sports ball, actually I have an interest in it right now. Um, <laughs> so they're looking at these people and, and the way they play sports. And um, so, and then the way that they hunt it. So the neuromajority or neurotypical brains, they are more of the farming and herding. And so they have evolved in a way to do that job. Right. Um, they're, uh, they're not, they're not running as much. They're not doing as much movement. They're not, they're going to end their fighting style. They're mostly going to use a large amount of people on a large herd to try right. to, you know, and they will also do a lot of things like trapping. They're going to do more ranged attacks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Where um, the other side, the the Neanderthals and how they hunted and the way they play certain sports now um, is these people that are the the neurotyp uh, neurodiverse mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. um, or neuro mi minority. I've been learning those words now. Okay. Um, <laughs> they tend to have this hunter gatherer type uh, evolution. And so we have developed this hypersensitivity in our sen senses because right. we're constantly on the alert for animals right. or, you know, for our prey yep. and also for, for predators. predators, for predators. Um, Absolutely. And we usually are more that we don't have as much, um, like we don't do as much of the communication with each other because 
they usually hunted in smaller groups. Yeah. But usually in most his most historical things that they've found, they usually found that the um, it would usually be the two parents, the mom and the dad, and then kids. Right. Um, so, you know, only like four or five of them. And right. instead of like all trying to work together as a team, they instead will have the kids distracting the animal, doing something, you know, throwing things and right. stuff over there. Right. And then the parents will sneak up and grab onto the fur and then, then attack. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, uh, they've kind of equated that more to like these, like less team, not the team sports, the more individual sports. They're kind of right. equating that to the same right. idea. Um, and the people like when they've done the research, uh, like people who are more um, neuro by uh, majority and neurotypical, mm -hmm. they tend to play the big team sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, people who are the neuro minority and neuro diverse, they yeah. tend to be looking at um, you know the you know single type personal thing more uh, more strategy and. Similar. yeah yeah so um that's where you can kind of see too the way that they would react to stress as right. a, a predator right. they're probably going to react in a, you know one of these ways too so it's kind of cool to think of that way of it that way when you're thinking oh yeah this. no and i hope um, that continues to develop that theory yeah um so next <laughs> After I've done that tangent, That's the okay. fight the fight response. Yes. Um, fight types protect themselves from threat through conflict. They believe that if they establish power over the threat, it will result in, in security and control. This response may feel like an adrenaline rush accompanied with a desire to defend oneself through fighting, yelling at, or controlling others. Um, the thought behind this, res this response is I need to eliminate the threat before it eliminates me. Um, behaviors that might indicate this trauma response are crying, hands and fists, desire to punch, um, flex jaw and or tight jaw, mm -hmm. um, grinding teeth, fight in eyes, glaring, fight in voice, um, desire to stop, kick, smash with legs um, and feet, feeling of anger and rage, knotted stomach, uh, nausea and a burning stomach. Yeah. Um, which is, I have definitely felt that response. Oh, um, yeah. I usually only feel it when it comes to someone else being threatened. Um, Dude, I was literally <laughs> going to say that. Like, that fight response only comes out when it's somebody else that I'm protecting oh, yeah. or standing mm -hmm. up for. Otherwise, I am like, keep bye. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm usually when I'm not trying, when it's not for somebody else, I usually right. am the fawn. Well, actually, now um, that I raise the fawn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next is fawn. <laughs> um, fawn types protect themselves from threat through placation. Those that tend to the fawn response avoid or deal with conflict through people pleasing. Mm -hmm. um, they also experience difficulties in saying no and are afraid to share what they really think and uh, or feel in 
fear of how others might perceive them. Uh, they also are so accommodating of others' needs that they tend to ignore their own. That I don't like being personally attacked by a podcast. <laughs> like, oh look, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thought behind this response is: if I can appease this person, I can be safe from conflict or pain. Yeah. Um, behaviors that might indicate this trauma response are over apologizing to others, mm -hmm. difficulty saying no, mm -hmm. excessive flattering um, of the other person, going out of the way to please others, neglecting one's own needs, and pretending to agree with others. Hmm. Yeah, over apologizing. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally like I like just earlier. I literally did a little belch that Stephanie didn't even hear. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a normal bodily function. Like, yeah. Like, so I told her that if she gives me good ones, I will congratulate her on them. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's a normal yeah. bodily function. I also will do that for farts, just so everybody knows. I... As long as I don't have to smell it in a tight, uh, uh, secluded room. <laughs> if I'm, if you, if you crap dust me, I'm gonna be angry. But no. if I just hear you get, let out a really nice fart, I will congratulate you on that fart. Oh, I guess that's kind of a benefit of having Crohn's is that doesn't happen very much. Yeah. When it does, run. But it, <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, so our last stress response. Our last stress response is freeze. Um, freeze types protect themselves from threat through dissociation. Uh, when faced with a threatening situation, those that tend towards this trauma response unconsciously detach from the situation by freezing or spacing out. The body can feel rigid and become immobilized by the stress. This way of dealing with perceived danger may result in difficulty making decisions or getting motivated. Um, the thought behind this response is if I don't do anything, the threat cannot hurt me. Behaviors that might indicate this trauma response are feeling stuck in some part of the body, uh, feeling cold, frozen, um, or having numb or pale skin, uh, a sense of stiffness or heaviness, uh, holding breath or restricted breathing, a sense of dread or heart pounding, and decreased heart rate um or can sometimes increase i have an example of this but i am not emotionally prepared to share it so at some point <laughs> i literally like probably the most clear example of this for me um i just haven't even super come to terms with it myself so that'll be a topic <laughs> for another day yeah uh i have definitely had a few times uh, where, I mean, this happened a lot to me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was always called space cadet yeah. because I was constantly being berated with criticism and, <laughs> um, right. I would just dissociate and. Is this why everything is space? Or unrelated. It's it wasn't on purpose, but I kind of like the the connection. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's why it's space. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I definitely like I would dissociate completely where I would just 
like I'd be stuck there and yeah. like I didn't even know what was going on around me and uh just I literally was thinking about nothing like I just yeah. turned my just brain gone. off just gone um and now I kind of have a similar response where I do go into a dissociation but then it well I'm dissociated like my body has gotten into that like I said that auto pilot right. of like right. I'm my body is fawning while I'm freezing you yeah know? yeah <laughs> oh yeah fawning, no because the body like, and the body and the brain can totally do two separate responses yeah and that's, that's what it is like my body is my body fawns and my brain freezes and yeah I think the fawning response to always getting yelled at for being spacey. Oh, so you've <laughs> learned how to mitigate that. Um, yeah. Which actually ties into the next little bit. Um, so like I had mentioned about being chronically ill, uh, being neurodiverse, sometimes we're in these stress responses near constantly. And that is not normal, nor is that healthy. Uh, stress is absolutely related to your health. Um, also too, it's, it's freaking exhausting, like to be so anxious about every little thing where you cannot turn off your brain. Um, and just, Um, you know, you're, go ahead. And well, and also just the, the physiology of it too is, um, I sent you, I sent you one of the things like your body, uh, when it's in a stress response releases cortisol. Yes. Um. And that cortisol, it raises your heart rate. It, yep. um, it makes your uh, veins dilate. I think it's dilate for better blood flow. It's basically yes. preparing you for one of the, like for, like for fight or flight to either run away or yeah. fight. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Your, your body gets into the, and though like having that constant like flow of cortisol, yeah. it, it not only is like, affecting you mentally but you're getting like you're getting your heart overworked you're getting your lungs overworked your veins are getting overworked um your muscles start to get overworked because they're you know tense they're like there's so many responses to that and that is why we're all so chronically ill (laughs) like and so fucking tired yeah because it is a like it because with all these physical responses stephanie's describing it's like it's, well, when a, you're, it's a physical thing as much as it is a mental thing. I mean, when you're constantly, uh, you know, pushing out this cortisol, eventually you run out. Right. And so a lot of us, like, we can't make any more properly. Well, and then you might not then, even, then you might not be prepared for an actual stressful situation situation that you need. Yeah. You like, need that heightened performance to get away. I Yeah, I honestly... Uh, one of the things I enjoyed about para- being a you know in paramedic and stuff yeah. in the I wanted to do emergencies, which I didn't realize at the time was very unhealthy for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I wanted to do emergency because I was one of those people that because I was constantly in this stress response, yeah, that when I actually had like when I should have been having a stress response, my body was just like, we're nah. cool. No, and so I was very level-headed in those situations, which is, which, I guess, great. But yeah, it's great for that. But my body, like, it's a good thing I gave, I, I stopped because yeah, 
my body could not handle that. Right. It was right. giving up then, and that was in my early twenties. And yeah. like, yeah, um, it just it it affects your body so much. Absolutely. So, and in different ways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So chronically exhausted, chronically ill. Um, so what are some things, some things that we would do to try to eliminate criticism because we're so hypersensitive to it? Um, how can we avoid this? So we'll do things like avoid social situations. So we're not, we're just not around the people that we are worried about getting criticism from. Uh, we isolate ourselves when we're in groups. Um, anytime I try to go to like a, like back in Florida, there were these meetings where like local business owners would all meet up and I would be in a corner at a table on my phone usually because I'm like, I'm just going to stay over here. No one notices you. People just carry on. It's great. Um, shut down and not talk. So going nonverbal, thinking if we don't say anything, we can't be criticized. Um, yeah, apologizing for everything that we do in hopes that it will prevent criticism, which who else says sorry for literally everything? It's something I'm working on. Hi, I'm Meg. I'm addicted to saying sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just so everyone knows, uh, I will very often tell people, I know I've told Meg, I think I've told a couple of my instructors, uh, you don't have to say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean it. You don't have to say sorry. And I know that it's really hard to stop that. Yes. Because I have the same problem. But yeah. I'm telling you that not out of criticism, but because I want you to know it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, now I'm like. You can practice with me. <laughs> I was going to say shit. I literally earlier was like, I'm sorry. I can't record this right now. Like just a couple hours ago. I was like, I just need some time. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> like, like it's good. It's fine. Um. Yes. So, and then we'll also try to be perfect. So this is where it ties into perfectionism because if we don't make a mistake, we can't be criticized. Unless, of course, you're dealing with like maybe some narcissistic types. Um, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake or not because everything is wrong. Um, <laughs> anyways, again, this is just going to be a very like, I feel bad that all of our commercials are like after some really like Heavy like shit. wow this person has trauma <laughs> um and, All now, the trauma. <laughs> and now for a message from one of our sponsors the meditative groomer academy is an innovative school that embodies a new approach to train the next generation of pet groomers they strive to achieve optimal inclusivity and specialize in neurodiverse learners by offering an array of learning styles and personalized instruction with small class sizes. Whether you want to become a bather, a groomer's assistant, a groomer, or a stylist, the Meditative Groomer Academy has a program for you. For more detailed information on what is included in these programs and how to apply, please visit www meditativegroomer.com and we're back so we've talked Hi. about <laughs> what criticism is where it comes from um different types of stress stress responses how being neurodivergent can affect us handling criticism how we can be hypersensitive to criticism so now that we've been all like bad bad stressful stressful 
let's talk about how we can handle criticism and how we can kind of pull ourselves out of these cycles. Um, so are you clapping? <laughs> yes, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read the first one and I'm going to let you. You guys can't it. tell. I'm very passionate about this stuff. <laughs> Which is why I'm going to let you take like grounding and all of that stuff because I think we'll talk better about that. Um, so my first thing is don't react immediately as hard as that will be. Um, I see it time and time again where people are reacting to their feelings before even processing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like staring into the camera, like at myself, like <laughs> into everybody. Cause I'm sure you do it too. But it's mostly like I'm staring at myself in the computer, like relax, cool off process give yourself time to process what you've heard before reacting because those split second reactions are not very like tactful and sometimes they're not even right sometimes you may have misunderstood misinterpreted and now you're hurting feelings without even like when that wasn't even the intention yeah um yeah that whole because it it really it's it's almost impossible to get yourself to stop taking things personally right yeah. from the get-go. Like, you're not yeah. going to immediately be okay with things. And it's it okay be. to have feelings. You mean, no, wow, thanks, I'm cured? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's okay to have your feelings, and it's okay to feel your feelings. They are oh, very valid. Um, because, yeah, it can suck to get told that you did something wrong. Right. But... Um, what you can do is kind of change the way you react to it. Right. Like, like sit with them, <laughs> feel them, learn from them. Let that shit go. Let yes. it go. Let it go. Can't hold <laughs> it back anymore. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, grounding exercises. Take it away, Stephanie. Yeah. So <laughs> one thing that you would probably want to do, you don't want to react to that openly to that person right away maybe um you can do a grounding exercise um grounding exercises um are sorry i'm just reading what's on there you're good you're good you're fine (laughs) um so grounding exercises are a sort of i mean in my for me it's a spiritual practice but for other people it's not but it is a practice right. of uh, kind of recentering yourself in right. some way to let yourself kind of breathe, like take in that emotion and then yep. let it go, <laughs> you yeah. know, and process it and let it go. So, and you cannot, you you should not react. Like, don't make your choice in reacting right away based off of. Right. You know, you you want to. It's better to just be like, I need to process this a minute. Yep. And it sounds it sounds like you're a, a freaking alien when you tell people this, but I have started to do this now, where I'm just like, that's a lot to unpack. I need right. to process that. Process right. that for a minute. Right. And I will be right back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it feels weird, but almost everyone, if you say like, I just need to process for a minute, is going to be like, okay. like that's fine right um and we'll probably appreciate that you did that 
Um, well, yeah, because they're going to get a more, they're going to get a cooler headed, more rational response. Yeah, because it's very hard to have a rational response when you're still feeling and processing the emotion. Right, because your brain's um, overwhelmed. So, yeah. So grounding exercises, one thing I have to say mm-hmm. is a lot of people don't realize, and it took me a really long time to realize <laughs> this. When you are trying to figure out a grounding exercise that works for you, and first of all, try lots. Yes. Try all sorts of different kinds. There's so many out there. You can go on TikTok and type in grounding and you'll get so many videos of all sorts of different ways people ground. And we are going to go over a couple different ways that you can do. Um, but there are a lot of different ways that you can do to ground. Um, and so try a lot of them. Find what works for you. You can also have multiple types of grounding exercises that you use for certain situations. Right. Um, so it it's going to feel weird, but you're going to want to try them all out and you're going to want to practice them when you're already calm. Right. You need to take time. And this is, everybody thinks like meditation is just this, you know, you sit there and don't think of anything. I think of meditation as I am practicing being calm and learning my grounding exercises. And that is what I do. Yeah. So I start off by like, I start off by doing a little bit of stretching and like deep breathing to kind of just get myself into the zone. Um, And then I will practice different grounding exercises. Yeah. Um, And I do that when I'm calm. Uh, Like, and if I'm already stressed out and I try to calm down for that's not going to work. Right. You have to be already calm and like chill. Right. And then you practice this because there is a bit of a Pavlovian response to it where you're going to start get getting to where you're going to do this grounding exercise and that calmness that you normally feel is going to translate. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to translate into what you are now. Like, yeah. And it does work and it seems hooey. Um, It sounds a lot. It sounds like a lot of woo woo. We like Um, woo woo here though. So by the way, we're just all the disclaimers. We like woo woo here. Yes. (laughs) We love rainbows. Yeah. So I love woo-woo. Um, but for me, I like to think of my woo-woo as how it's working practically. Okay. So I I am a pagan witch. Um, yeah. but everything that I do, there is a practical reason for it yeah. and a scientific re- a scientific reason that I'll I take do. Scientific. I love that word. I know it's not scientific. I love it. I love it. Um, I mean, I like I'm a kitchen witch and love it. Like Everything that I do for my like kitchen witchery, it's because if I'm using that for my mental health and there is a, there's a scientific reason for it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Even if it seems hooey. Um. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean like that's literally why like today's just been a day. It's been an absolute day and a half. So I literally just put together a bag of crystals that are supposed to help with, you know, sanity and shit like stress and anxiety and i'm like i don't even care i'm just having fun like using this wand as a fidget toy um and i'm like you know if i believe it works and it actually changes things in my brain then that's that's enough for me yep um so yeah um back to my grounding exercise ah, yes <laughs> yes um so yes you have to practice them when you're calm ahead of time because overwhelmed brains have a hard time processing 
more complex concepts and coming up with new ideas. Um, overwhelmed brains are soothed by specific, easy, repetitive tasks. Practicing ahead of time helps with building muscle memory. A yes. lot of like what we say when we're doing CPR, you need to build yes. that muscle memory on how to do it. So you're not having to worry about how you're doing it in the emergency. Which is um, why I will say, don't waste your money on a CPR class that doesn't have hands on. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because we're both pet tech instructors. <laughs> but uh, if you want to host us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but no, for real, because when you are, when you come across like, your dog unconscious like you're not like you're you need to shift into that autopilot and have that mm -hmm. muscle memory so yes muscle memory it, absolutely um so yeah you're gonna build that muscle memory it's gonna seem like really awkward and really mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. and it you're probably gonna laugh at yourself a lot it's fine um Enjoy if you them. want if you want let me know and we can do a video chat while we do it. There you It'll go. It'll be awkward and weird and that's fine. Um, yes. I love it. So <laughs> um, one of the most popular types of grounding exercises um, that people know, and I've actually used it in a lot of situations that it's one of the few ones where you don't necessarily need to have the muscle memory. Right. Um, and it's something that I can use when I see someone in that situation, in a situation where they need grounding and I can help them. Um, yeah. That's the one that I go to because yeah. it's, it's getting your mind off of what you're stressing about. Exactly. Um, so like I, I have seen people having a panic, panic, panic attack um, and just been like, Hey, like, I know this sucks but take a deep breath and right. yep. um, you want to say it's five things you can see, yep. four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things to smell and one thing that you can taste. Um, Love it. And do it slowly. You know, right. you got to let them answer the question first, but right. I'll just be like, Hey, tell me five things you can see. And that immediately, you can almost immediately like it, it snaps them start to snap where they're out. like, Oh, I'm, yep. I'm not thinking about this anymore. Like, they almost yep. immediately take that, like, <gasps> deep breath first. Right. And it's like, Oh, there you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I will say, I haven't run into a ton of people having panic attacks that I like could tell right away. Right. Um, I right. Don't, don't do this to most like all sorts of strangers just, <laughs> you're not just everyone around while, the mall yeah, like <laughs> yeah like every once in a while i have come upon someone who was very much having a panic attack and yeah. i could tell very easily right. um i'm not gonna just insert myself into most people's <laughs> situations exactly exactly <laughs> um you can also a lot of people who practice this one they a lot of times um I know a lot of people do it with their kids. Uh, it's a gentle parenting technique. Oh. Uh, you'll hear a lot of gentle parenting techniques because it has helped me figure out how to train myself. Um, <laughs> yes, to give us the so, gentle parenting that we need. Yes. And so gentle parents have started where they're doing that. And they'll actually have the kid like, they'll be like, okay, I want you to go point to this, you know, five things you can see. Right. <laughs> like if they're like borderline um, meltdown kind of like. Yeah. Toddler um, tantrum. But when you, you know, it, and you can still practice that with the kids too. Yeah. 
like when they're having a good time, you can just be like, hey, tell me five things you can see. Right. Oh, yeah, because it's become <laughs> a fun thing, especially yeah. if you add like a color to it or something. Yeah. You know, if they know their colors. Um, yeah, it'll just help them like it, it helps people to remember to take a deep breath and to think like, right. you know, let themselves right. kind of relax into their feelings and and work and start processing it because when exactly. you're so overwhelmed like that you can't process anything right you know right um and then uh we have a few examples actually i would like to say my um my most popular one that i use is that i like to take my shoes off mm-hmm. and i will just put my feet on the ground and feel the ground i don't yeah. care where i am i'll do it anywhere um yeah. <laughs> But that is one of my favorites just because, uh, like, it helps. I'm a very sensory person, yeah. Um, which Meg got to see when we were at the field house in Chicago. And it was so they wouldn't let me touch anything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's like the worst kind of museum when the only <laughs> little interactive thing they had was, I think, the skulls for yeah. children. But it was, the skulls was for the children. it was still fun. That was fun. That was still fun. Guessing what skull each thing was or bone. Yeah. Uh, but that was like it though everything else was very hands-off which yeah. i mean i guess i understand but like give me something to touch i need to touch something <laughs> i learned nothing <laughs> <laughs> i do need to go back um, i do want to go back yes um, um i really want to go to the museum of science industry with you that we need an entire day for okay so down for sure <laughs> yeah uh also Anyways. another another one that i use a lot is actually deep breathing exercises and no. i have pavloved myself on this one as well <laughs> um this was on accident so one of the times that i'm usually calm is when i was using my medical marijuana i am a medical user well i was in illinois um <laughs> but i um uh use it to you know help me relax and mm-hmm. also uh, like it helps with pain and stuff but it yeah. was a very good very good for helping me relax and I had started because I was calm when I was smoking I had started like didn't even think about it I started practicing my breathing exercises yeah with the smoke <laughs> which then turned into me doing fun tricks with the smoke um but that's oh, a whole other <laughs> that's a whole, whole other thing, thing. um but I started doing these, you know, um, these deep breathing exercises with the smoke for some stupid reason. Um, yeah. Um, but it ended up that now when I do a deep breathing exercise in a situation where I'm stressed, I immediately get that feeling that I get when I smoke of just like this overwhelming calm. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, everything's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. My, the, the marijuana also helps with a lot of my sensory issues. So it will yeah. calm a lot of my nerves. Right. With, like physically calm my nerves. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so like, it just gives me that. Okay. I'm okay now. Like, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so those are my two main ones in case anyone was wondering, do you have yeah. any grounding exercises that you use? Um, I currently am completely unmedicated whether it comes to like uh, grounding exercises. Technically, I am on a low dose anxiety med. Um, but 
there's nothing I specifically try to do right now. So this is great because I am going to start trying to implement some of these. I kind of just suffer. That's not healthy. That's uh, not healthy. <laughs> um, so a couple other examples. Um, granted, I never tie. I don't ever usually wear shoes with ties, but giving your brain something else to do. It, I mean, that's exactly what uh, Stephanie was just talking about. Different versions, mm -hmm. just giving your brain a task to do something that kind of makes your brain get over itself mm -hmm. and start working on something else. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I'm not dying. Okay. It's going to be okay. Um, so like holding a piece of ice really brings in that sensory, like it's, and it's like a, yeah. what I would call a sharp sensory stimuli as well. Cause it's very yeah. like, you can't ignore that. Yeah. Um, listen to nature sounds, try to balance on one foot. Um, if you have bad balance, please stand by a table when you do this. Like, hold <laughs> on to something. Yourself. Like, I will not be held liable, please. Um, and, like, when you said, like, taking off your shoes and just feeling the ground. Like, whether standing would... or sitting, just, like, literally just close your eyes and imagine that you are growing these big healthy roots down to the center of the earth and that you are one and you're just, you're, you're accepting that energy from the earth. And um, this I, I like, Oh, go ahead. I've done, I have inadvertently been doing similar to that actually not with the roots, but actually because I imagine the world as a whole bunch of living energy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So I imagine the energy flowing out of me, like okay. the bad energy, like flowing out of me when I do my, like, you know, my stepping on, you know, yeah. bare feet, yeah. I'll just imagine it's just flowing out and like getting absorbed into the, the dirt and like I'm getting it. rid of that negative energy. Right. Right. You're so, cleansing. Cleansing. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, if it's raining, go outside. That's That'll amazing. help. That that is a jar you out of whatever you're in right now, right there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, a cool one that I did not know about is the listing as many things as you can in a specific category. Which I made a connection to this afternoon. Um, so I read this and I was like, oh, I know of something where I've seen that. Yeah, I've been listening to Stephen King's It. Um, I, I do audio books and in there's one of these parts where um, it's or Pennywise. So he lives, he, he lives off of fear. Like he takes in yeah. their fear. Yeah. Um, and then he can also take what their, he, he will change into whatever their biggest fears are um, or what will scare them the most. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so this one kid is and I don't remember if this is in the movies, but I it's in the book. He's an avid bird watcher. Him and his mm -hmm. dad are really mm -hmm. into it. They're like they have like books and stuff, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And so he goes out um, right before this storm, like rides down to where it's supposed where these birds are going to be um, because it's like the perfect time for them. And his dad couldn't make it, so he was like going to identify the bird. Yeah. Um, and Pennywise comes after him. And turns into a giant bird and starts chasing him. Well, he fought Pennywise off by screaming bird names at him. 
and not succumbing to the fear, right? Yeah. And I realized I'm like, he was, I don't, I don't know if Stephen King actually did this on purpose or yeah. it was just yeah. how it worked out, but he was using a grounding exercise to calm himself from the fear of Pennywise to save himself from Pennywise. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I was very excited about that. Um, but I just thought it was really cool. I never thought of that as a thing. Right. Um, but well, I yeah, also again, think, oh, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, there mm -hmm. is the show called Atypical on Netflix. Yeah. And it's about an autistic uh, teenager. Right. Um, and he is one of his biggest, like his special interests is um, penguins. Aww. Um, and he knows everything about penguins. And yeah. like that's, he knows everything. Yeah. Um, and he, when he was, when he would get upset, he um, has uh, more uh, needs. Okay. Or different needs. Yeah. I don't know how to, uh, he needs, uh, he needed more support than. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the right term, terminology for that is. Um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but so he has higher, higher support needs, I think is the correct terminology. Okay. Okay. Um, and he, uh, so he gets very, like, you can tell he was very, like, physical with his um, being overstimulated. Mm -hmm. But when mm -hmm. he was overstimulated, he would start telling him, like, going through his list of penguins. Aww. Over and over, like, naming off this list of yeah. penguins. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what that sounds like. Yeah. I totally didn't exercise. even think about it until right now. Aww. <laughs> so well, good. Which so. is why I didn't remember what higher support needs was. <laughs> So now that we're calm with using all of our nice grounding exercises, the next step to handling the criticism is to assess it. So who, oh, pardon me. It's time to take my meds. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I took them late this morning, so I can wait. Um, leaving it in. I don't care because we need to destigmatize taking medication for our mental health. So leaving that in. Um, who said it? Like who criticized you and why? Like, because when we talked about different places where it can come from, um, if it's coming from a stranger, toss that shit aside. Like <laughs> You're never going to see them again. <laughs> the, what they think, what they say, what they're criticizing you about, unless you're like stepping on a baby duck. Like you're not like it's not. I don't know where that came from, but, you know, <laughs> um, it's just it's it's not pertinent. They don't know you. They don't know anything you're doing. It's just a blip in your life. It doesn't matter. Um, but then, of course, if it's a boss or a trusted confidant, 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 um, you know, your significant other or like someone that you value and you value their opinion, then, yeah, that'd be one I'd want to sit there and assess and be like, okay, let's see. Especially if you know, like, you have a healthy relationship with you with them. They love you, you know, whether that's in friend or whatever. But um, mm -hmm. so then you're like, okay, this person is likely not just being a dick. Yeah. And they're likely actually trying to help me. So let me think about that. Um, so basically, deter are they trying to help or are they just being mean? Because we all have those friends that are more like frenemies. Um, 
that you realize <laughs> like there are a lot of backhanded compliments and just like or like always nitpicking you bringing you down or like oh I don't think you should do that when you're like opening a school or something like just yeah. really those aren't <laughs> those aren't good friends those aren't the friends for you yeah. um anyways uh determine if that criticism has real value or should be brushed aside um, um I would also like to say yes um Sometimes it helps to have someone that you trust that you can talk to and tell them um, and get their opinion. Yeah. Or yeah. even just sometimes I just need to say it, like talk it out. Oh, and I do so that with you all sometimes, the time. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll just tell John sometimes I'll be like, Hey, I just need to talk this out. You don't have to respond. And then I'll just right. start going. Um, and just got to like, express it. Yeah, sometimes I just need to get it out of my brain. Um, and so, like, it's okay to have, you know, some trusted friends that you can be like, hey, I need to talk, right. you know? Exactly. Um, especially if there's someone, you know, like, that is already going through, you know, this process of learning this, too. Right. Um, you guys are always welcome to talk to us. Um, exactly. We are so. here. We are your family now. Okay. Um, Ohana means family. Oh, family <laughs> means nobody gets left behind. Stitch. Okay. Um. Good lord, I'm gonna have to watch that tomorrow now. Um. So okay, so don't take the criticism personally. However, I know that's way easier said than done. But remember that people usually don't do things to attack you personally. They're not meaning it as a personal attack and if they are again those are not your people that's yeah. a toxic relationship and that needs to go whether yeah. that's your mom your boyfriend or your friend since middle school if they're being toxic like i can't tell you how many people i have just completely like cut out of my life no contact because yep. they were not healthy for me i've done it plenty yeah um, no from like two people from that were in my wedding i just yeah well, from done. like blood family i mean your, yeah it wasn't just like one thing and then it was done it well, was like right uh, obviously there's like a build finally, up and then something they finally gone. threw the the um the match in the in the giant pile um, oh there you go i like that better than the whole straw on the camel's back i like that throwing the match yeah. to the fire or to the pile um so yeah don't take it personally how people behave and react reflect more on themselves than you um that's also super hard to and also too because again tying back to you experience your life through the filter of your other experiences but that's also like that's also true for the person giving the criticism mm -hmm. so like if they were dealt criticism excessively throughout their childhood or whatever they may think that's a healthy form of communication yeah uh, you are not responsible for how other people perceive you Yes. Obviously, you probably there are people that you you know might want to communicate with about the way you you know, and we're talking right. to talk about that. Yes. Um, but you are not responsible for how someone else perceives you, and if they're not willing to see your side of it and listen, then they're probably not worth it being in your life. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Bye. And, <laughs> and I will say this many times. Just because they're family doesn't mean you oh, have yeah. to talk to them. 
Exactly. Um, exactly. We're your family now if they're if your family. Starts, <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll adopt I adopt you. a lot of family members. Yep. We'll adopt so. you. Um, in spirit. <laughs> I don't like paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So just be as understanding and level-headed as possible and just remember that it's all like it's just it's walking a mile in someone else's shoes like just try to see it from their side um and you may find that okay they are not this isn't valid criticism like this doesn't have anything to do with me they are just being mean they're hurting they had a bad day they lost a family member like it's just it yeah. just helps to kind of try to step back from the situation look at it objectively as if that's not you yeah and that's just someone else they're interacting with um, I also a lot of times um sometimes you you know like you said it could be that they had a bad day and they yeah. did they were hurtful but they want to apologize the next day um you know and then you could talk through it yeah. like but remembering to allow yourself to become calm before reacting is going to be um very helpful in this because you don't want to react immediately and then like the next day they tell you like you know i you know my grandma died and then you like feel i'm like so sorry dick. and <laughs> then and then yeah then you're the dick for um, so i always i, I like to them. give the other person time to cool cool down if i think they were being like literally say like can we sleep on this and revisit it tomorrow everybody's yes. better off a night of sleep like i'm yes. telling you like <laughs> like yeah and then I've I've done that. Um, so always just make sure that you're you're taking that time and giving them time to also calm down too. Because exactly. they're allowed to feel their feelings too. Right. It doesn't mean that it's okay for them to be mean to you, but they are allowed yeah. to feel their feeling and yes. you can you can give them the time to calm down before you decide whether you're going to be mad at them for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, talk it out. <laughs> um so yeah, so if this is valid criticism, use it to your advantage. Like if there's actually truth to it, figure out how you can use it to improve or get straight to the point and just ask the person, which of course, easier said than done again, because trust me, I'm cringing in my head reading this like, oh, I got to ask them what exactly is wrong and how to improve. Um, I feel like I can do that kind of okay with bosses. I do normally, I feel like I've asked at least a couple times, like, what would you change? What can I do better? Um, I yeah. think some of the times I think your biggest, your biggest thing is remembering to give the other person time to process their feelings first. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you want to fix things right away, which I understand because you're a people pleaser. Yeah. But, but I need they... to just be like, all right, there we go. Or just we'll talk tomorrow. And yeah. see how we feel about it then. Um, and you're going to hear us drop a T word a lot. Okay. We're proponents for therapy, guys. Like everybody Dude. should have. I'm telling you, especially after the last couple of years we've had as a country, like everyone could benefit from therapy. Um, yeah. It is should not be stigmatized. I know when I was younger and I really needed it, I refused because I was like, why would I talk to a perfect stranger about what's going on? They're not going to know. I don't know. Yep. I was a rotten teenager. 
really well, when, I was, when I was <laughs> but, in my early 20s I was afraid to go to the therapist because I thought they would tell me I was crazy oh um, yeah which I realize now is because I was actually autistic and um yeah. my ex just said that was crazy oh. um well I would like to they say... would have told me I was autistic <laughs> ready, ready hold on fuck him um sorry i just sorry guys i might cut that part it's fine um it's fine but yeah uh i have been going to i have followed my same therapist for 12 years oh i love that and i will say you're not you might not i got so freaking lucky yeah I won on the first try. Like oh I God. found the perfect yeah. therapist for me. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, John, because um, he can't go to the same therapist as me unless right. we go as a couple, which we yeah. have at times. But if he wanted his own therapist, like when he did, he had to go through multiple. Ugh. I think he yeah. went through like five or six. Oh, and God. Not every therapist is going to work for you. Well, exactly. give them a try and you might have to move on. And that's right. one of the things that uh, Better Health is really pushing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, their website. They're like, you know, if you don't like that therapist, go to the next one. Right. Exactly. Um, like you don't yeah. have to sit and settle for subpar. Yeah. Like your person's um, out there. So, um, yeah. I've been, she has went through like four different practices now um since i've started with her and now she finally has her own practice but like i followed her so far i was Aww. driving like an hour there and an hour every other week yeah. for like two or three years yeah <laughs> um because she's she's awesome um right, but a right. good therapist really is just it makes such a huge difference just and i know i feel bad that a lot of people can't don't have access to it right and it sucks mm-hmm. um and that's why we need to vote and try to fix that yes <laughs> um some things that therapy could help you with again not an all-inclusive list or not an exhaustive list like it could be many other things but therapy can help you become willing to consider the value that another's critique may have, uh, develop the ability to listen and understand when a critique is presented, resist a tendency. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> uh, resist the tendency to become defensive, understand the perspective of the person providing the criticism. So that's that stepping back and being able to look at it objectively. Uh, welcoming constructive criticism, and then developing methods of communicating one's feelings about critical comments. Um, So yeah, there are Mm -hmm. ways to handle criticism. Yeah. And and we would love to hear more from you guys. Yes. Uh, Please let us know. Um, I'm assuming we're going to do a live after this oh absolutely absolutely that'll be in the outro that we recorded but yep (laughs) (laughs) but i'll say it Uh, again i don't care repetition's great um we will be doing a live stream uh in the week following whenever this gets dropped um where we will specifically be talking about 
the podcast. It gives people plenty of time to listen back to it. Um, yeah. But yeah. feel free to post in the group if you have any questions, comments, concerns. We said something wrong. You got something to add. Like, anyway. Either way. Yeah. Um, we understand that we are not perfect. And yes. so if you have any literally any criticism oh yeah give us criticism please we just talked about please how we can constructive handle constructive criticism please oh yeah don't be a dick um yeah, don't be we'll a block dick. you we'll yeah yeah we're not about that um we won't tolerate that among the ranks either um so yeah don't be dicks to each other like that's like yeah. should be everyone's motto just don't be a dick this, like, this place is all about love how many times can i say dick in one minute <laughs> 30 seconds <laughs> even. Um, anyways, we could stop at any point. Because Okay. Yeah. All I'm right. Hit end because we have the out. This concludes our episode for today. Thank you for joining us and check back in the group next week for our live stream where you can have your questions answered and discuss this episode with all of us. Have the day you deserve and thank you for existing. Bye. Bye.